Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips from this episode that's also COVID safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.Care. Huddle is an online mental health club. We offer additional education about mental health through our weekly newsletter. We provide support for your mental health through our community time and our altruism club, which is like a book club for your mental health. We teach new ways of relating to your anxiety and OCD through our skills groups and our individual out-of-network psychotherapy. We strive to meet you where you are in your mental health journey and provide what you need. Okay, now enjoy the episode. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry. Huddle.Care is growing. If you are a licensed mental health professional in any state and you're interested in joining my team to run individual sessions or group sessions, please email me at team at huddle.care and I'll send you some more information. Thanks. Hi, it's Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. This is my fourth session with Jared. And today we're going to talk about um, his progress overall and what helped um, contribute to his progress. So Jared, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you. Okay. Um, So how have you been lately? I know this is our fourth session. So um, tell us how you've been. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've just been pretty sane. Um, I've been, you know, just everything. Sorry, let me just try to say that again. Um, yeah, just everything has been the same old. <laughs> uh, I'm not really, you know, nothing really special has happened, you know, no interesting events that has happened in my life, at least. Um, I, you know, just been going through the motions of work and school and, you know, things have been pretty, things have been looking pretty good on that end. So uh, just hoping that this whole coronavirus pandemic will come to an end very soon. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, And I imagine a lot of people feel that same way. And like, I know last time you talked about difficulty staying motivated um, and especially during this pandemic. So it's, I'm happy to hear that work and school are going so well. And I know that you've kind of been in a different place at, at times in your life. Can you tell us where you've come from and how you got here? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for the most part of my 20s, uh, I mean, I didn't even realize it until, I guess, until much later on. But, uh, you know, just everything that I encountered in my life, uh, just either people or just like work settings, the type of environments that I was in, 
everything just felt pretty foreign. And I always had like this crazy sense of anxiety that would always just run through me. And um, especially when it came to, I guess, building my own identity is where I really, really struggled. So, you know, I actually, you know, went through the motions of, you know, going to law school, you know, that really didn't work out for me. And I just hit rock bottom at one point. Um, and I just had no idea uh, why I was in the state that I was in. Um, Can you be more specific about that state? Yeah, it was, I was, I was not really building what I guess people can call, you know, normal habits, you know, independent habits, uh, you know, like what, just like my own hygiene routine, you know, just taking a shower every day or, you know, taking out my dog regularly. I mean, all these things just kind of like kind of fell apart. Um, nothing. I just didn't really care about much at the time. Felt very hopeless, you know, very helpless and just didn't feel like I had any value in society. Uh, so a lot of it just felt like chore. I know you had a lot of trouble sleeping too. Do you want to say more about sleeping, what sleeping was like for you? Yeah, um, I just had a lot of thoughts just running through my head. Uh, I remember clearly at the time, a lot of it just had to do with just a lot of my future growth and what that kind of looked like, um, what my plans look like. And I just kind of like fell into this insomniatic state where I just really, really hated sleeping. Um, every time that I would even think about, you know, whenever nightfall came around and uh, it was kind of like time to go to bed, I really dreaded it. Um, it was not really a good feeling for me. And I just had to, uh, you know, I don't know how much I should say, but, you know, I did use a lot of, you know, I smoked a lot of weed um, to try to put myself to sleep. And when even that uh, almost became like it wasn't working ineffective, uh, you know, that's when I feel like I started to really try to get some help um and just see what i can do about it and that kind of blossomed into you know getting therapy too so and then what was the process of getting out of that what was it like to go from difficulty sleeping difficulty with hygiene depression anxiety hopelessness helplessness worthlessness um and just kind of difficulty engaging with the world around you how did that how did you get to a point where you now have a job and you're in grad school yeah um you know even now i still kind of look at my growth in that aspect and i just can't really believe it um but you know everything was definitely baby steps i went from a position or i went from a you know point where i literally felt like i didn't know what to do i was like too old to like uh you know, to have a new trained skill set in some way. Um, you know, I just had all these negative thoughts in my head, intrusive thoughts in my head. So uh, it was really just baby steps, just, you know, first just really focusing on myself and just focusing on my own mental health before uh, thinking about what was, how do you say it? Like what was expected of me, of my age at that point. 
Um, and so. And when you focused on your mental health, what'd you do? When I focused on my mental health, I mean, the first thing I kind of discovered was, uh, you know, cycling <laughs> and cycling and just being, uh, you know, volunteering at a volunteering at a dog shelter. Um, you know, just things that I felt that was more me in some way that felt like I felt good doing about. Um, not that a lot of people, I remember even at the time, some family members were like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? You should not be even focusing on those aspects because those are not, should not even be prioritized. Uh, you should really start thinking about your future. And, you know, but I really thought that focusing on my mental health before anything else would just needed to happen. Uh, or just, yeah, I just needed to treat myself first before, you know, really going out and yeah, yeah. Um, and how'd you learn to relate to your depression and like your depressive thoughts and your anxious thoughts differently? I imagine those didn't go away right away. Yeah, it didn't. Um, especially with my anxious thoughts, I, you know, the one thing that really helped me was just not not to look too far into the consequences, not to look too far into what's going to happen, the results, because the more that I really thought about that, the more perfectionistic that I became or the more that I wanted to avoid those events, right? Uh, you know, that one example that I think I gave in the other session was, you know, even just riding my bike, even taking it out, that would just give me a whole wood, like oof, of anxiety. And uh, just having this thought that people are all staring at me and looking at me. And, you know, those are the types of thoughts that I would have. But I, you know, once I just realized that, you know, all you just need to do is maybe take your bike out and come back in and say that you did good. And, you know, just give yourself a pat on the back instead of criticizing yourself for all these, what you perceive as like weaknesses, I guess, in a way. But, um, you know, this is an opportunity, even if it's just walking your bike, as ridiculous as that sounds, uh, you know, that was the first step, baby steps. And then now I, you know, I should be getting back into riding, but I still do love riding my bike. Yeah. And can you, I hear you say like, um, even walking your bike became an opportunity. Can you talk more about how you internalize the idea that any kind of exposure or going towards your fear and anxiety in any kind of way um, became a source of opportunity for you? Yeah, you know, actually this just happened yesterday and I, you know, I really, it, it's actually become sort of like a thing that I try to do on a daily basis where, you know, just do one exposure in a sense, like a day. Uh, and so I went on Clubhouse and I just went on a, uh, you know, into a room. I knew nobody in there. I talked. I like try to make a question or try to make my point. I guess nobody really know how to answer to that. And, you know, at that moment, I had this whoosh of like anxiety. It's like, oh my God, did I make myself feel like an idiot or like what's going on? And they did kind of answer it and responded to what I had to say, but I still kind of felt weird. Um, you know, but after a while, it was just like, okay, I did it. I actually did this. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I can do it again. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, so, 
Yeah, it just really, I don't know, it just kind of, I try just not to think too much about the consequences, especially when it comes to my schoolwork, right? So before it was just a lot of anxiety. And instead of just like focusing in the moment, focusing at the time of just like, you know, kind of doing your work together and not thinking about the results, uh, you know, everything just kind of flowed a lot easier. Um, and yeah, so in those aspects, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've become process driven rather than outcome driven. So you recognize that the process of doing exposure not only gives you practice in experiencing anxiety and thinking about anxiety as like a workout you weren't asking for, rather than something that's meaningful and important, it's just a physiological reaction to a perceived threat. But if you expose yourself on purpose to that over time, then you do start to get evidence that it's not as bad as it in some cases, you get evidence that it's not as bad as you thought it would be, and then that's going to decrease your anxiety over time. In other cases, you just learn that you can tolerate the uncertainty and the anxiety, and then that can also be a confidence booster. So I'm really happy to hear that you've internalized that and you um, go towards exposure on a regular basis. Um, I'm also happy to hear about how you shifted out of perfectionism. So being outcome-driven and really being preoccupied with the consequences or the results is really perfectionistic. Um, is there something that you did to help yourself stop thinking about the, um, results and start thinking more about the process? Uh, I, I I'm not really exactly sure when that happened, but it was definitely a gradual, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a gradual moment. Um, I think just generally speaking, when it, when I have to reflect back on my mental health, it was more. I really needed to take things moment by moment uh, because, you know, I think for the most part of my life, uh, for the majority part of my life, you know, I was, everything was about the outcome, right? Everything was about expectations. Everything was about trying to reach that, reach a certain point at the age that you're at. Uh, you know, my family's pretty conservative. And so um, about that aspect, uh, and I just never really felt I had a chance, in a sense, to really kind of focus on my well-being or just focus on my, uh, yeah, just my mental health, just because everything was about competition. Everything was about, you know, success in life and not really talking about, you know, the self, you know, my success within my mental well-being, I guess. Right. So uh, it felt I did, you know, it did feel like I, I'm just glad that it happened, you know, better late than never. Um, and, you know, the more that I think about just going through the process rather than thinking about those outcomes that I live, I just feel like I'm living a more fuller life. I mean, in, in this sense, that kind of changed my career direction too. So. That's really exciting. Can you say more about how you, your life became richer and fuller when you focused on your mental health? Um, yeah, because I was really just focusing more on those moments, you know, just like enjoying the process of, you know, getting feeling better about my riding, my cycling, feeling better about, uh, you know, just focusing on those, uh, you know, just the progress that I was making, um, you know, just kind of focus on the next 
I don't know, just like the next job, the next, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to really explain that part, but everything was just, it just felt like I had more time to reflect than, uh, than anything else. It sounds like it was a really big challenge to the culture you grew up with to switch out of competition and being outcome driven and perfectionism over to valuing yourself and your mental health. Um, was there something that changed that belief? Um, it, I think I just sort of got a confirmation, you know, like, you know, through my therapy process that's yes, that this was like the type of person that you wanted to become, right. Or this is the type of person that you are or, uh, but except for that, um, and the more that I, you know, just more that I explored myself, I obviously just wanted to become more of that person rather than trying to become a person that I want, that I not inspire or aspire to become. It's more like a, of what other people thought that I would become, right? Yeah. Or maybe who you thought you should be. You're now yeah. like kind of surrendering into and relaxing into who you are rather than who you should be. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's probably the reason why I, you know, even though I feel, you know, during the, you know, during the coronavirus pandemic, I just, you know, just felt pretty dull, you know, this whole entire time. Um, you know, thankfully I have my dog, you know, I haven't actually been riding as much, but, uh, you know, I, there is still some confidence and I don't feel depressed. Um, nothing, you know, my daily routines don't feel like a chore. So, you know, having that said, it, you know, I definitely feel like I've progressed, you know, from, uh, from at least three years ago. And can you say how, um, kind of learning more about yourself, your identity and who you are, um, had such like large consequences for what your life will be in the future, specifically through your career? Um, yeah, it's, I, uh, sorry, can you, can you say that question again? I literally forgot. Um, yeah, no problem. Can you say more about how learning about who you are and your identity and what you value and believe in? How is, how did that impact what you've chosen to do for a living. Oh yeah. I mean, it completely, uh, impacted, uh, my career direction. Um, you know, the more that I, I don't know how to really answer this. It's just, you know, the more that I, uh, for example, you know, the Meyer Briggs test, uh, and all, all these other personality tests. And as much as I want to take them with a grain of salt, um, you know, it was kind of like the person, I mean, I always felt like I was that type of person in terms of, I love to advocate and to support others. Um, I didn't have like much competition, like within me. Uh, and so probably that's the reason why that, you know, going for law school or going, you know, trying to go through the conventional route of getting a career, just never, that just felt so foreign to me working in an office for 70 hours a week or things like that. It just, it still doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, and the more that I realized of a people person that I am, and the more that I realized that I really like just being around people and helping them out, uh, 
the more that I felt like I wanted to be in the helping profession. And from going from like, you know, doing law or business or events management and now doing, uh, you know, going into the social work helping industry, it's, you know, it's kind of a big change. And for some reason, it just feels so right at the moment. Uh, and I feel so much better about myself and who I am as a person doing something that I know that is fulfilling me and my values. Great. It seems like your life sounds richer and um, fuller in a number of different ways. So externally, kind of what you choose to put your time into and also internally, how you relate to yourself. Do you mm -hmm. want to say more about those two concepts? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, now they're more in sync. Uh, is, does that make sense? Um, like I don't feel everything that I kind of like show outwardly. It feels like, okay, now I'm actually, you know, kind of like showcasing or portraying what I actually truly believe in now. Um, so my internal thoughts or what I value inside, you know, this was different from before because I would probably, I had those same internal thoughts maybe, but you know, my outwardly showing or just how I presented myself was, it just felt different and nothing was ever in sync. And I always felt that maybe that's the reason why I felt misaligned with my values at the time or uh, just nothing felt right within me, you know, all these weird sensations that would, uh, that always happened. So. Yeah. Really here. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that your internal experience and your outward experience, like started to sync up the more right. you started to, you kind of explored yourself and your internal world, um, and your values, your identity and your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm so happy to hear about all of that. Is there anything else about your journey that you want to share? Uh, you know, nothing in particular. I think, I, I think the last thing I would like to say is that, you know, um, and feel free to cut this part out, um, is I actually never thought how much therapy would actually help me. Um, and so, you know, in the very beginning, I obviously had no expectations in terms of, um, you know, how I, you know, how this even would affect me in, in some way, because, you know, my mind, I had a very black and white stereotypical view perspective on what a therapy experience is all about. Um, you know, I'm so glad that that's all wrong in a sense. And it actually went above and beyond what I uh, would have expected um, when it came to my own mental uh, well-being. And so, you know, even therapy had completely changed the way that I, uh, you know, completely changed my career direction into where I want to be now. And I, and, and so, yeah, I just know that this is effective. I know that it works. Um, and if people just put their heads into it and, you know, because they're the only ones that can make the change, uh, that it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The therapy process can help you explore. It can guide you and support you, but you're the one that makes the change. Absolutely. I'm just so happy to hear that you um, grew the way you did. So thank you for sharing and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Thanks for listening to the episode. If you're looking for a great place online to practice the mental health improving tips from this episode that's also COVID safe and HIPAA compliant, consider joining Huddle.care. Huddle is an online mental health club that strives to meet you where you are in your mental health journey. We have community time, altruism clubs, skills groups, and individual psychotherapy. Head to huddle.care to learn more. And don't forget to tell me what you're proud of whenever you can via email, my website, or on the social media channels. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.